A Facebook whistleblower, and I put that in air quotes, testifies in front of Congress. I think the Department of Justice needs to look up what defines a terrorist. And World War III might, might, might be on the table right now. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. So, uh, hope everyone's doing good today. I'm feeling kind of ick. I had a miserable night of sleep last night. I, that's why I'm so late doing this today. But we have still a lot to do. I was going to actually skip it, and then I realized tomorrow's Thursday, and I won't be... Tomorrow's Thursday? Yeah, tomorrow's Thursday, so I'll be skipping tomorrow's podcast. So I figured, okay, let's do it. So this is something I haven't talked too much about, is this whistle Facebook whistleblower. And the reason I haven't talked about it so much is because it's just... It's all bunk. It's all crap. And I, I really... It just annoys me even if this, this comes down to... But the problem is... We are seeing fascism in the making, real fascism, like economic fascism. Now, we're not talking fascism like I am when I'm called a fascist by people who don't agree with me. I'm talking about real fascism. So, well, I, I do want to talk a little bit about it. So, there's uh, this Facebook whistleblower named Francis Haugen uh, said that Facebook cared more about profits than the safety of children who use Facebook especially little girls. She said, quote, the company's leadership knows how to make Facebook and Instagram safer, but won't make necess the necessary changes because they have put their astronomical profits before people. Congressional, act congressional action is needed. They won't solve this crisis without your help. Companies have 100% control over their algorithms and Facebook should get not get a free pass on choices it makes to prioritize growth and virality and reactiveness over public safety. They're paying for the profits right. They're paying for their profits right now with our safety. Couple of things here. I want I, I, you know we've got to stop using terms like crisis. It seems like every time there's something that Democrats don't like is because of a crisis or things that they want to do it's because of a crisis you know sometimes we can have things that you, I don't like and it's not necessarily a crisis it's just something I don't like and then right off the bat some of the language she uses like astronomical profits and 100 companies have 100% controls over their algorithm well first off uh, that's what companies do. Everyone knows they're doing this for uh, profits. I don't think, this, I mean, they're worth a couple billion dollars, a couple hundred billion dollars. You think, yeah, they're probably after profits. I don't think this is some bizarre control, but the fact <coughs> that she should put that adjective astronomical shows that she has disdain for Facebook because they're about profits. By the way, every company is about profits. And as far as the company having 100% control over their algorithms, uh, yeah, that's Facebook's um, uh, uh, intellectual property. Of course, they've got 100% um, control over their own algorithms. It's their algorithms. It's their company's secrets. Who does she want to control their algorithms? Somebody else? Well, it turns out, yeah, that's what she wants. She wants the government to control the algorithms. She wants the 
um, government to be able to manipulate those algorithms. That's what she wants. And that's just flat out against the law. You can't actually do that. And here's the other thing. It, it's it's Facebook is not selling cigarettes or crack here. What they're doing is they're just allowing people to post information and they're editing information. Let's call it what it is. Hey, I'm not a big defender of Facebook. I don't have a Facebook account. I don't deal with Facebook. I stay away from Facebook. I think Facebook's evil. I think Instagram's evil. I think um, TikTok is evil. I think Twitter is evil. But I don't put a lot of, of, of faith in them. I really don't. But we're, we're not talking they're selling crack here or cigarettes or, or anything like that. That's selling heroin or fentanyl. It's, it's a platform. And what does this have to do with the safety of children, especially girls? Isn't this kind of a parental problem? Maybe it's not a Facebook problem. It's a parental problem. If you're really worried about it or if people are really worried about it, does that mean the government has to take control of this organ, of this company, because little girls will be threatened? No, I think that's more of a parent problem. But let's not forget, with the left, the government is the parent. And isn't this the same argument that was made 30 years ago with television com commercials? Are, are television commercials any different uh, 20, 30 years ago than Facebook is today? Oh, little girls see... Um, see stuff now i know understand we have influencers and stuff but again this is all par parental this is not something government should have to worry about or regulate parents need to step up nothing she's but here's the thing she spent three and a half hours in front of congress and she spent an hour or 45 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever it is i didn't see either in front of the 60 minutes interview and she didn't say anything new okay she said that Facebook is addictive. We knew. We know. Facebook is bad for 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 teenagers, especially girls. Well, yeah, we know that, and I think just about everyone will agree that that any screen of any type is not good for teenagers. Let's face it, teenagers are already insecure. They don't need any more insecurity, and they're trying to make a profit, and they own their own algorithms. What exactly is she reporting? That's anything new. Well, it's not. There's, there's nothing new. This has been made into a controversy. This whistleblower has been deemed a whistleblower. She's not a whistleblower. Okay? She's a leftist activist. We're going to get to that. But she's not a whistleblower. The question is, what are the Democrats, you, Democrats using this tool for? We'll talk about that in a few minutes. She also said in her testimony, she did not think that, think, and... Uh, she did not think Facebook should be broken up, but there need to be changes to Section 230. Now, this is something that Mark Zuckerberg in his response asked. Who is this gal that she should know better than anybody about Facebook, Section 230, or whatever? She works for Facebook, so so what? We're not even sure what she did over there. I mean, I, Mark Zuckerberg is flat out, yeah, she's not a professional. She's not part of our technical team. She doesn't know what's going on. He, he flat out said she's her opinion should be irrelevant because she didn't do that kind of work at Facebook. So she said Section 230, by the way, is what makes a company like Facebook and Twitter not responsible for third-party uh, content. So in the old days, um, 
if Facebook publishes something or somebody publishes on Facebook something that's completely untrue, could be slanderous. Facebook pretty much wants to take that off if they if their algorithms catch it. But if they don't, Facebook can't get sued for slander. They have, they have no say on what um, what goes up on their platform. Whereas if you look at uh, publishers like New York Times, they can actually get sued. So that's what Section 230 does. Um, the, they, it gives Facebook and other companies the ability to remove certain content like pornography, but keep every other piece of content and not get sued for it. Uh, this is what she said about this. If I think, I think if we had an appropriate oversight or if we reform Section 230 to make Facebook responsible for consequences of their intentional ranking decisions, I think they would get rid of engagement-based ranking because it's causing teenagers to be exposed to more anorexia content. It is pulling families apart. And in places like Ethiopia, it is literally fanning ethnic violence. Is this broad kidding? Are you serious? So, well, just a couple of things. She's hit a, a, a couple of things here. She's worried about girls again. And now she brings up the race card. That's what she just did. It's kind of disgusting. Um, now, I do believe there should be changes to Section 232. I should be able to sue Facebook for taking my crap offline for no particular reason. I think that the um, uh, the New York Post should be allowed to, and they I think they are, but they should be able to, to sue Facebook and Twitter for pulling the, the, the uh, Hunter Biden story right before the election. I think they should be able to do that. They suspended their account. They actually took information that now has proven to be factual and made made it just disappear. I think there should be some restrictions to 230. I totally agree with that. I don't think what this gal is saying. This gal is saying that if everyone likes a certain story, like the Hunter Biden laptop story, and they want to share it, they're saying Facebook should be made to not share it. Um, this should not be something the government forces Facebook to do. This isn't you want to you want to make it you want to make it that Facebook should be sued civilly. That's fine, but the government doesn't control what Facebook does. The people should be controlling Facebook does. The people that are publishing on what on Facebook should be controlling that. If they remove a story I like and the government likes, I should be able to sue. The government shouldn't be able to take any action against this. So that's personally what I think. Um, and notice, yeah, yeah, again, the women and the ethnic violence thing, I think, is absolutely hysterical. Uh, I just it, it's typical leftist talking points. Mark Zuckerberg released a 1,300-word statement on Facebook. Uh, I won't go over it. it. It it just it's it's already I already know that he's gonna bitch and moan that this gal is full of crap, and that's what he did. He basically said that Facebook already does quite a bit to control. Uh, their content, 
that they 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 try to change their algorithm rhythms to make them work. Um, he he basically said all the right things. One of the things he did say he said that this gal knows doesn't know what she's talking about. That this gal did not hold that kind of position in the organization. The gal does not hold any technical credentials. That she knows something that nobody else knows. He said basically she shouldn't be listened to. And you know what? I believe that. I believe all of it. But let's get to the point. Frances Haugen is not a whistleblower. She's a left-wing plant. A left-wing tool. That is put out that has put out this non-information. And I'm saying it's not information. She's not a whistleblower. What she's saying is everyone knows, okay, they're trying to make a profit. They're having problems with the algorithms. You know, blah, blah. They're trying to make it so that Democrats can undermine it and in the end take over Facebook. They want to control the data that people see on Facebook, period. That's all this whole thing is about. And the Democrats and the media, the, 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 the classic media, the legacy media, who would love to see Facebook go away because a lot of people are getting their news from Facebook and they're beginning to ignore legacy media like CNN, NBC, CNBC, AP, Reuters, ABC, NBC, CBS. They would love to see Facebook go away. And they're they're thrilled with this whole thing. They're thrilled with this and they're hoping something happens. But this is the important part is understanding who this broad is and what her actual agenda is and then what what the agenda of the Democrats is. Because I think this is important. It's dangerous. It really is. So let's take a look at what this this gal has done that makes her deserve so much um, so much hugging from the left. Uh, she's donated to leftist politicians like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She's donated to left-wing pack courage to change she's complained before that google was not inclusive enough for women she was behind the recent change to give users the option to filter searches to specific skin tones gee that's not sick at gigster she gave a talk on if we don't build with a quote if we don't build with an eye towards inclusion we can end up enshrining bias Despite having money for political donation, giving money for political donations in January of 2020, Haugen had a $44,000 tax lien placed against her for unpaid taxes. That sounds like a typical politician. Um, the lien was released in May 17, 2021. Those her lawyers it were involved with Whistleblower Aid, a group that was founded by a guy named Mark Zaid. Now that might sound familiar. He was one of the lawyers that was involved in pushing the Ukraine Trump Ukraine phone call hoax. Does that set name sound familiar? I know I've said it before. Uh, the public relations form she's using for this whole thing is a form uh, run by former Obama aide Bill Burton in a company called uh, Bryson Gillette. Again, and you can assume another left wing company. And, of course, Mark Zuckerberg said she has no idea what she's talking about. So, I kind of believe Mark Zuckerberg here. And I'm no fan of Zuckerberg. Listen, Demo what Democrats are doing... And, and did I mention that this gal, this gal actually had the balls during this whole thing to say there needed to be a government regulator that 
Mark Zuckerberg had to answer to? Like her? She said this. There should be a government regulator like me where Mark Zuckerberg has to answer to him and what he does. So basically, she's already offered her services to the government to be Mark Zuckerberg's boss. She said this. I, if, I, if I gave a damn about this, I'd actually have cut the clip out. But I, I, I really don't. This is scary stuff, though. I mean, she's basically, she's basically one of these gals. She's trying, to, she's trying to better up. And the way to better up is screw people, which is, by the way, the democratic way. This is fascism. This is, and I've always said I believe fascism is more of an economic thing, like socialism, than a political thing. Like the Germans were fascists, but the Germans were, Germany was actually a political dictatorship with a fascist economy. When a company is so overloaded that they have to report to a government regulator, that's fascism. That is economic fascism. And that's what the Democrats want to do here, because they want to control information. They want to control what we can hear. Okay, do I think that's dangerous? I do. Look what happened to Germany. And I, I, I tell you what, Biden's acting like a little dictator already. We may be looking at a dictator fascist, fascist state before 2022, the way things are going. That's an exaggeration. But it, you know, you see where I'm going. Okay, so I, I just want some help here. Maybe... You can leave a comment later. But last year, BLM, BLM did about $3 billion in damage through, because of rioting over a criminal named George Floyd. Antifa took over a section of Portland, burned down a police station, tried to burn down a courthouse, and they actually assault uh, citizens on a daily basis. And by the way, this isn't the only place Antifa does this. They've done it also in Seattle. In Chicago, and Antifa has been known to travel to different parts of the country to raise rabble rays. We're still not sure if Antifa was not at January 6th during the, the quote, insurrection, end quote. At the border, we have drug cartels that are trafficking in people and drugs, committing rape and murder, importing illegal aliens into the country. In Chicago, gangs have shot thousands a year for the last five, ten years. But you know who is being referred to as domestic terrorists? Conservative parents who do not want their kids being taught critical race theory or critical gender theory. That's who the domestic terrorist is. Last week, the National School Board sent a letter to President Biden, and it stated, quote, America's public schools and its education leaders are under immediate threat. That National School Board's Association respectfully asks for federal law enforcement and other assistance to deal with the growing number of threats of violence and acts of intimidation occurring across the nation. I'm going to get to that. Okay, it's BS, but I'm going to get to it. Uh, on Monday, the Biden administration responded... In a letter, Merrick Garland sent to the FBI, this is what he wrote. I, I don't think I'm going to, eh, I can read it all, but let, let's let's read some of this letter. In recent months, there have been a disturbing spike in harassment, intimidation, and threats of violence against school administrators, board members, teachers, and staff who participate in vital work of running the nation's public schools. 
While spirited debate about policy matters is protected under our Constitution, that protection does not extend to threats of violence or efforts to intimidate individuals based on view. Okay, I am going to talk about this right now. What? Where are these threats of violence and intimidation? Give me examples. I haven't seen I haven't heard any. CNN, I, I watch CNN. They haven't said anything about it. I read the new the the Washington Post and I read the New York Times. They haven't said any given any specific examples of that. MSNBC hasn't brought out any specific examples of that. People are filming each other in restrooms. There's video of everything today. I haven't seen videos of people being beaten up. There's I've only seen one video and it was two parents that went at each other. I haven't seen any threats. I've seen lots of name-calling. I've seen lots of yelling. Okay, so let's continue. Threats against public servants are not only illegal, they counter to our nation's core values. Those who are dedicated to t- dedicate their time and energy to ensuring that our children receive proper education in a safe environment deserve to be able to do their work without fear for their safety. But meanwhile, it's okay if, let's say, Antifa destroys your business, or if BLM burns down your business, that's okay, or shoots a former police captain in the back of the head, or, or in the back, so they go, go steal TVs, which no one that I know of is even in jail for that yet, that's okay, we don't have those rights, but public servants have those rights, hey, these public servants are paid pretty well, don't, don't kid yourself, these are not poor, broke people. <laughs> the department takes these incidents seriously. He still hasn't described any incidents. I, I haven't heard any incidents. I haven't seen any incidents. I mean, my God, I, I, I film I film me pouring water into... People film me pouring water into a cup, and, and that's put on YouTube. I haven't seen any filmed incidents of people beating up board members. So uh, Seriously, and is committed to using its authority and resources... To discourage these threats, identify them when they occur, and prosecute them when appropriate. In the coming days, the department will announce a series of measures designed to address the rise of criminal conduct directed towards school personnel. You know something? He can do that. He can do that. And you know what's going to happen? People are going to keep doing it. What's going to be a great story? This is all a lie, by the way. I don't even want to read this anymore. This is all a lie. There isn't violence towards school boards. They're calling school boards what they are. A bunch of pedophiles, a bunch of child abusers, a bunch of predators. People don't want their children being called... I wouldn't want my children being called racist. I don't want my child to just suddenly decide... My seven-year-old to suddenly decide he's a girl. And the school supports that crap and doesn't bother telling me that. I think that's wrong. But we're not allowed to say anything. Remember this little statement last week? Remember this little statement? And it basically sums it up. This was the quiet part said out loud. This is Terry McAuliffe, the governor candidate, the candidate for governor in Virginia. He just said this last week during a debate. Veto books, Glenn, not to be knowledge about it, also take them off the shelves. And I'm not going to let parents come into schools and actually take books out and make their own decisions. You vetoed it. So 
Yeah, I stopped the bill that I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. You know, I get really tired. See see this? I don't want parents to tell schools what to teach. Hello, we're the parents. The school is not a parent. The school is there to teach math and English and writing and science. They're not the, they're there to teach our kids that they're all racist because they're white because of the color of their skin. I do have a problem with that. Parents are beginning to take the bulls by the horns. This is what it comes down to. Schools are indoctrination factories. McAuliffe's statement basically proves that. We have no say. The real parent is the state. The state is supposed to raise your kids. The state is supposed to to tell your kids what they are to believe. The kids are considered property of the state. To say that the state is the parent of a kid is just downright a falsehood because the state doesn't care about your kids they never have they don't know their names this is why the left is so against school choice private schools don't teach CRT or CGT they don't they don't teach that all white people are racist and that you can change your gender at the drop of a hat they don't teach they teach they don't teach that math is racist and all the weird ways that you can actually do math. They don't teach that. They make students learn the STEM fields, learn to read and write. In other words, they teach students how to be productive citizens. And some private schools actually teach you there's a moral way to be, that there is a moral truth, that there is a God. That I, I don't think that's a bad thing. This is the goal of public school systems and the teachers' unions. It's not to make productive adults. It's to make adults that believe the government is the right way to go, that the government, we should depend on the government, we should trust the government, and it's a good and a good way to make radical ad- activists. How many times do you see kids walking out of schools because they're protesting something? And the teachers encourage that crap. Because that's what they're trying to teach, radical activism. Well, parents are sick and tired of it, and they're not having it about their children's education. They're speaking up about it. You know what? Sometimes they're yelling. Sometimes they're cursing. Sometimes they actually call, use name. They call names like predator and pedophile, and I mean, some of the things they're teaching in schools is pretty vile. They're calling them racist. They're calling the, the school board names. That may not be the best way to get your point across, but the reality is it's true for the most part. So what do we do now as parents? What do you what do parents do now? Well, if you can't take your kids out of public school, you can't homeschool them or you can't afford to put them in a private school, then you double down. You continue doing this. Continue fighting. Continue yelling at these people. Make those school boards uncomfortable. They're already feeling uncomfortable. They're writing letters to the president asking for help against what I don't know. I haven't read anything about a school board member being hospitalized for anything. Parents fight for their kids. That's what a parent is supposed to do. And apparently what parents were doing before wasn't working. Now they're sitting back and saying, you know, F you. This is my kid. School boards are getting nervous. And not for their lives. Not 
for their lives, like what MSNBC wants you to believe, but the school boards are, they're afraid of the dissent. They're afraid of the protest. Parents need to keep it up. We all need to keep it up. This is the kind of stuff that's going to change the system. And I guarantee you what's going to be really interesting one day is when a parent who complained at a school board, Matt Walsh of the Daily Wire is famous for doing this, they get banned from a plane. They get put on a list in a plane, are considered a domestic terrorist, then they can't fly on a plane. Let's see how that's going to work out. Let's see what kind of news comes from that. Because I kid you not, that's coming. That we're not going to be able to travel on planes because you went in front of a school board and called them a bunch of child abusive predators, pedophiles. That is coming. <clears throat> okay. Um, you know, we may have to wait for the the third story because we're getting kind of close. But uh, it, it could it be that World War Three is coming? Well, China's not discounting it. Now, with all the crap that we're dealing with in this country, we're not actually looking. We, we seem to forget there are other things in the world. Cuba, the dissent in Cuba, all of the people, we forgot about that real quick, didn't we? Yeah, well, in Cuba, there is such dissent. People are being arrested and, th- and jailed because they're protesting against Cuba. We've all forgotten that China has taken over Hong Kong. We seem to be forgetting Afghanistan already. I mean, Afghanistan just happened three weeks ago. And we seem to be forgetting that there are hundreds of American citizens, thousands of green card holders, and my understanding, tens of thousands of uh, uh, CSV CSV uh, holders. What is that? Um, Specialized uh, visa holders in Afghanistan that Joe Biden just forgot. Well, one thing we seem to be forgetting, there's a big problem in Taiwan right now. Taiwan, a sovereign state, a sovereign country, an independent country. Now, you may remember that, uh, I believe it was Monday, I had mentioned that uh, China sent over 150 warplanes over Taiwan. Uh, China sees Taiwan as a part of China. And they see the people who are running the government in Taiwan as secessionists insurrectionists. Taiwan has been working with, and I told you, Taiwan has been working with Australia, Japan, uh, Britain, and the United States to try and discourage China's aggression. Well, you can throw in New Zealand there, because apparently Australia and New Zealand are also feeling a little pressure from China. They're getting a little worried about China too. And we know Japan and China have never gotten along since Japan kicked their asses a couple of times 50, 60 years ago. So, a public a publication called uh, the Global Times, which is a Chinese and English language Chinese state sponsored company, they they published this. The peaceful atmosphere that existed in the area only a few years ago has all but disappeared, and the DPP authorities now openly. Ref- to PLA fighters as enemy aircraft. The DPP is the uh, Taiwan government. They have constantly hyped up claims that they are at the forefront of a so-called democratic world to resist authoritarian rule, and puts that in quotes. The strategic collusion between the U.S. and Japan and the DPP authorities is becoming more audacious, and the situation across the Taiwan Straits has almost lost any room to maneuver, teetering 
on an edge of face-off, creating a sense of urgency that war may be triggered at any time. The secessionist forest, uh, forces, that's Taiwan, on the island will never be allowed to secede Taiwan from China, under whatever names or by whatever means. And the island will not be allowed to act as an outpost of the U.S. strategic containment against China. The curtain of preparations for a comprehensive military struggle by the Chinese mainland has obviously been drawn open. The, it is increasingly it has increasingly become a new mainstream public opinion on the Chinese mainland that the mainland should take earnest preparations based on possibility of combat. This is an open threat, folks. There is no force in the world who will, whose will to defend Taiwan is stronger than China's will to fight against secession and achieve full reunification. To be precise, they are completely incomparable. China dares to have a life-and-death fight against any force that hinders our reunification. But no force dares or is willing to fight to the death against the world's second-largest economy, as well as a nuclear power, in order to prevent Chinese reunification. Yeah, on Tuesday, Joe Biden said, Ah, you know, I've spoken to President Xi about Taiwan, and we agree we'll abide the Taiwan Agreement. Yeah, bullshit. That's just not true. He's going to lie. They are preparing to move in on Taiwan. And they're prepared to move in on Taiwan because the alternative is to begin to let the Chinese take over the government. That's essentially what happened in Hong Kong. Chinese-friendly politicians in Hong Kong let China come in. Well, the Taiwanese government is not interested. And the Chinese, the pro-Chinese folk are not getting elected. Well, China's basically saying, you know, we've got the opportunity now. We got a uh, uh, old man who won't do anything, right? He uh, he left Afghanistan. He left uh, Hong Kong. He isn't defending Cuba, right? He's he's worthless. If they're gonna go in and commit some sort of war, this is the time to do it because Biden's not gonna do anything. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think the United States is going to have a real United States is going to have a real question on their hands in a very short period of time. I see it within a year that the Chinese are just basically going to walk in. Now, the Taiwanese, I think they can fight, but they're completely overpowered. And the question is, what are you what is the United States willing to do to protect Taiwan and actually fend off China? Because we we're gonna we're gonna be faced with this eventually, and this is what President Trump was very good at. Uh, President Trump was choking off China until Biden came in. I mean, China was in a China's in a recession now. They are not economically stable. This this is what a lot of people don't understand. Yes, they're they got a huge military. Um, they also have a lot of starvation. They have a lot of homelessness in China. They got a lot ton of poverty. They're not a stable economy. Now they're looking at huge inflation in China. There's talk there could be a famine soon. China is not a stable country. And just like the Soviet Union wasn't a stable country, we're just waiting for a president who's going to kind of push them off the edge and that country begins to fold. Now Russia, of course, 
when the Soviet Union became Russia, Russia never folded, but Russia, Russia was never a superpower again. Russia is not a superpower now. They are a, a huge threat to the United States, but let's change that language. They're not a huge threat to the United States. They're the second largest threat to the United States. They're not much of a threat to the United States. Anybody who has a nuclear weapon is a threat to the United States, but even back in the 90s when the Soviet Union started, um, uh, when we were taking a look at what some of the remnants of the Soviet Union, they, they, their nuclear weapons weren't even going to lift off. They were that destroyed. They were that economically unstable. China's the same way. And I think one of the best ways we could do is, is what President Trump was doing. He was cutting off business with China. Companies like Harley-Davidson and Nike and Apple, they were saying, you, you got to pay extra for those phones. And people weren't buying them. Or those companies were coming back to the United States and producing their stuff in the United States. Harley-Davidson is the prime example. And we just have such a coward of a president, such a, just a dead president. He's not even a coward. He's just not there that he doesn't have the guts to actually do anything. And he won't do anything. So China could technically walk into Taiwan. It's just the left always has, and China is considered leftist, they always have a deal. Give a mouse a cookie. They're thinking to themselves, oh, we took over Hong Kong, no problem. We t I mean, President Xi has already said, um, we will take over Taiwan. Taiwan will be taken over because Taiwan is I'm not going to leave Taiwan being a separatist organization to the next president. Not going to do it. So we'll have to see what happens, but I think this is a serious this is a serious issue. I think we're missing it. I don't think we're paying attention to it. And I think we really probably should. Okay. Visit dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. Take a look at the show notes and take a look at all the video I have. I hope you have, guys have a great day. Talk to you on Friday. This is Gene. You've listened to Dumbass Talk Politics.